Welcome to Wear Who You Are, a podcast that takes the fear out of fashion and holds space for everyone to explore how to connect your authenticity with your personal style. I'm your host, Natalie Tincher, founder of BU Style, expert style strategist, and your enthusiastic friend and safe space of support. I believe that every person has a style and every style deserves a seat. With over a decade of experience working with hundreds of personal clients, I've learned a thing or two about how to help others have a healthy and holistic approach to navigating how to build a wardrobe that reflects who you are. So pull up your seat and let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to another Where Who You Are Wednesday. For us New Yorkers, Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial start to summer, and you can just feel the buzz in the city. But as we try to convince ourselves ourselves it's not true, it doesn't mean that we are in the clear when it comes to experiencing multiple seasons of weather in one week, even one day. So who's with me on that frustration? You have that like first few beautiful days and you think you're in the clear. Well, not quite yet. Even when we have a couple of beautiful days, do not always trust that morning sunshine as I'm still trying to learn every day. So consider this your reminder to number one, check the weather daily. And number two, with that, spend the extra minute or two to think about your day layering accordingly and making sure you have the right footwear for the weather and for what you're doing that day. So if you find yourself missing some of these key transition weather pieces or you need to replace or refresh some, I have actually created a resource for you that I've been updating with some of your spring and spring to summer recommendations to either give you inspiration or you can shop them directly for your style personalities. I will put that in today's episode notes for a link and hopefully that helps you but you can only help yourself if you check the weather. There's no such thing as having no style. By getting dressed every day, you inherently are making style choices, and therefore, you do have a style. The first step in truly understanding your personal style is discovering how it connects to who you are. How do you communicate your personality and preferences through your clothing choices? The BU Style 6 assessment creates the foundation for you to start answering that question. By taking this assessment, you will be able to see your spread of the six style personalities and how they connect to wardrobe characteristics. Read more about the BU Style 6 methodology and take the assessment by visiting www.bu.style and clicking on the Personal Clients tab. That's www.bu.style. You can also click the link in the show notes. All right. So speaking of transitions, evolution, and style personalities, I am so thrilled to introduce you to our next guest, a client of mine of 10 plus years. So we've seen each other through a lot of life and style transitions, as you can imagine. I think Mahima has seen at least a half dozen different haircuts and colors on me. But Mahima Santhanam is a brand strategist at a marketing and advertising agency, and it has truly been my honor to work with her through each career and life shift in the past decade plus. Also, the biggest congratulations right now is her upcoming wedding this fall. So welcome, Mahima. Congratulations. And I am so excited for you and thrilled to chat today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. 
No, thank you. We um, actually, full transparency, Mahima and I just did an entire wardrobe closet session. So we are fresh off of style discovery in the next phase. So this is, that all just happened to be coincidental. So this is a really fun time to be chatting while it's all fresh. So let's start, Mahima, by having you just share a little bit more about what you do and a little bit about your life. So I live in New York City. I've been here for the better part of, it's like 15 years this year since I moved to New York. When I first started, when I first got here, I was actually just finished my MBA and I started working at Citibank. It was kind of a lot of trials and tribulations because it was right after kind of the market crashed. And I was part of a rotational program. And it was interesting because um, our entire program, our entire team ended up getting laid off during the 2008-2009 uh, financial like turmoil. And so it was really a period of introspection for me, um, having just finished grad school and, you know, really kind of you know, already kind of ready to pivot. And the first pivot didn't work very well. And it was um, a very transitionary period. Um, But luckily, I um, kind of leaned into my network a little bit and ended up um, starting on the ad agency side for, um, for a pretty big kind of brand strategy firm. And kind of spent the better part of two years just really learning and meeting new people and getting to, um, you know, have just start to kind of find my footing again in New York in a new city. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, but, um, you know, this was still the big bad city for me. Um, I had lived in Boston before that, which is a completely, I feel like a completely different environment. It's not as, you know, it's much more close knit. Um, very kind of academic with a lot of the schools out there and the universities. So a totally different environment from New York City. And it was right during that time, I would say 2010, 2011, that I met you for the first time. That's so wild to me. I'm like, it was 10 plus years and I was thinking it was probably closer to a dozen because I also moved to New York. So I'm at my 14th year. So we came around the same time and I my pivot was deciding to start a business in a financial downturn, but you know, whatever, no big deal. Um, so why then when you reached out to me, why, what prompted you to first hire a stylist? I mean, you just gone through this career transition. You were pretty new at it. What prompted it? Yeah, it was, um, honestly, I just wanted to, you know, I felt like I lived in New York and I for some reason, I didn't feel like I fit in. And, you know, it's such a stylish city. And I just felt like I needed a little bit of help kind of adapting to this city life. And so and it was part of that. And I just, you know, started a new job, and just was kind of looking for, you know, some help and some additional support in kind of helping to find myself a little bit. From a style perspective. Yeah, because what was the what would you say the fashion was like in, in Boston in comparison to New York? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think Boston is much more um, you know, sweatshirts, more comfy. Um, there's kind of a mix because there's still very much like a clubbing environment at the time. So people did dress up to go out. Um, but it was still a little more on like the comfort and casual kind of aspect of it. 
And what was your work dress code when we first met? Sure. So I was coming out of grad school, you know, I still had some lingering kind of grad school outfits, like just, you know, jeans and t-shirts. And then I also had just gotten like my first suit and I had some more kind of suitish clothes because I had intended to start at, you know, much more financial sector. But then when we met, you know, transitioning to working at an ad agency, it's much more creative. You're very client facing, you know, a little bit like kind of more of a consulting environment. So you have to like toe the line between being a little bit like cool and creative, but also um, projecting yourself in kind of that businessy professional kind of way. Well, and I think if you wouldn't mind breaking down with an advertising, because we all hear advertising and I think some people have different visual interpretations of it from like Mad Men to other TV things to super creative. So if you wouldn't mind taking just a couple minutes to break down the different divisions, really high level and how they re- interact with clients and the expectations there. Um, you know, there's, one big department that's more like client services or account management, and they are really just like the eyes and ears of the client. So they spend um, all their time um, really understanding the client needs, what are their business needs. They also do um, really try to under, really kind of are focused in understanding the client. Um, and then there's another department that's called the creative team. And the creative team is really copywriters, art directors, um, They are the ones that kind of bring client ideas to life. So if you think about the TV, um, like a commercial that you see on TV, um, they're the ones that were instrumental in kind of bringing that to the TV screen. So everything from storyboarding to writing the copy to the casting, like all of that is kind of housed in the creative team. And then the team that I belong to is much more, it's called, it's the strategy or planning team. And we are the ones that kind of put the strategy together. So who is, who are their main competitors? What are, what's kind of the business challenge that the, um, the client is trying to look at? So if you think about, um, candy bars, you know, if it's a candy brand, um, you know, Snickers, like what is so interesting or different about this that, you know, that, you know, your target customer really wants to focus on, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So we do market research, um, try to understand like what consumers are looking for, what's kind of missing in the consumer dynamic. So kind of all that aspect of like the business strategy and all three of these verticals, kind of, we all work together in different ways. So it sounds like in a way you're kind of the bridge and you're the psychology of like understanding because the creative is responsible a lot for the product. You're giving them information on who they're speaking to. And the account side is really, it sounds like very the mouthpiece of the client of like, let's really foster that relationship. And then you're bridging that gap of now, like, what do the consumers want, but also what else is in this space? So you're like this psychologist or this like sociologist in a way. Very, very true. That's so true. That's actually a really good way of thinking it. You're like the sociologist or like the anthropologist, because you're also trying to like dig for data or look at information. And um, sometimes it's really understanding like, why are their sales down? 
Is it because of, you know, an environmental factor? Is it because there's a cultural problem? Is it because there's actually um, a, a, a need that your product is not fulfilling in the market? You know, all of those kind of things. So very much that sociologist, anthropologist role. It's very true. Very cool. So in terms of then your style, because that's what we're here for, how has how do you consider it when you're in different spaces at work? Like if you're meeting a lot with the creative team, do you align your wardrobe accordingly or the type of client that you're meeting with? Do you think about that to communicate your message or do you just think this is me, this is how I'm showing up? Um, I think for me, it's kind of, I actually show up more, you know, like I think of it more as like the creative and the account team as like all of our internal, like internal friends and then the clients as those like external friends. So um, internally, I try to just to um, within the company dress much more, um, you know, approachable and friendly and fun. Um, it's kind of how I try to think of what my style brand is. And with clients, it's much more about, you know, being powerful and making sure that um, my voice is heard in the room and that they also feel comfortable relating to me. So it's a little bit more about feeling um, powerful, but also a little more confident in the room. So we put that magnetic forward. Mahima had a goal of, if I remember correctly, magnetic. And that's where when we we just put together, I think 29 looks, I just uploaded your digital closet. We did 29 looks. And even within those, when we would put the looks together, it would we would say things like, oh, this is great for a client meeting, or this is great when you're going from like a meeting to the office. Question then, as you have become more senior in your role, because now you've been in this space for more than a dozen years, 14 years, how has your style evolved and how you approach your style? That's great. Um, and I think I've really noticed that a lot this past week when you and I uh, did some of our style culling and um, kind of refreshing is that I've noticed there's been this transition from a little bit more like businessy. I felt like some of my outfits were much more in the past structured and I tried to have, a, I guess I was trying to be a little bit more, um, I don't want to say like older than I am, but to communicate myself as, um, you know, the leader in the room. And now I feel like I'm there. So it's about being a little more approachable and, um, and friendly and down to earth, I like to say. So it's, it's been nice to see this transition where um, we're definitely kind of leaning in towards creative and magnetic. I, th I feel like a little more on my style personality versus before it was, you know, a little bit more on the the magnetic side, but also a little more, um, I guess I'd say try to be a little more polished or just more um and like classic, like we threw out, um, yes. our discovery this time was that we threw, or we donated a few button down shirts and there was this, and blazers yes. that were, that were more tailored. And there was this realization of, oh no, this isn't, these aren't resonating now. And we put together a lot more creative looks. It felt like. I think so. So many more creative looks. Um, 
just really kind of exuding that like fun confidence, which I thought was perhaps a shift from where I used to be. And it feels like it's a cool thing that I see that I saw in you is it's that idea of, I don't have to second guess how I show up. I've earned the right to be taken seriously by my body of work and by the relationships that I've built. So as such, now it's time to focus on my style brand, my statement that I make, because I've already, I don't need to prove myself to anyone. It's already there. And then, so tell me, I know that, so Mahima and I worked together a few times during pandemic um, in that Zoom room situation. And then shortly after that, you found yourself traveling a lot more for work and going to conferences. Now tell me back up and start with why you felt like it was important. So I helped Mahima put a wardrobe together for a conference in Las Vegas with themes, with a very specific agenda. Tell me why that was important to you to really care for your image and that type of situation. Sure. So um, should we start with some of the pandemic um, outfits? Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, so we I think we did one quick um, just mini styling session um, right in the, it was very much the peak of the pandemic. It was still end of 2020, early 2021, I believe, right? And when we weren't going back to the office, but um, my team and kind of my department was very much about cameras on. Like we felt that having your camera on was really, really important for us to start connecting with one another as a team and as um, not only just like as colleagues, but also with clients. So um, from a camera on perspective, we were also, you know, when everyone's only looking at you from kind of the, the chest up, um, it was just really important to make sure that you're kind of communicating yourself in the way you would if you were in the room together. And so I wanted to make sure that the outfits I put together were still, you know, um, kind of communicated that, that we're still cheerful, that it wasn't just like I was wearing a sweatshirt because I felt like, you know, sometimes this, just wearing a sweatshirt or like leggings kind of puts you, it just starts to bring you into that downward spiral of really not taking yourself, you know, seriously as this is a work day. And so we kind of worked together on like a few of those outfits that would make, you know, my face pop or my skin look, you know, um, a little more radiant on, while we're um, on, you know, a 10 hour days in, in Zoom or, or Teams calls. Because that was really interesting because before we'd worked so hard yeah. on putting together a head to toe wardrobe, because you, when you walked in the room, everyone was getting the full picture. And then, and this happened with you and a few others that I worked with is then in Zoom, it's like, oh no, they don't get the head to toe. They don't get my fun shoe in yes. there. So all of a sudden, all of this like really beautiful, multi-dimension full outfits was like, oh wait, this, this textured top isn't working quite the same. It was so true because I couldn't realize I'd forgotten how many um, we had such like what we were calling elevated basics, right? So we had like a white top with just lace that I would wear with a really cool jacket or a, a, a cardigan or something. And you, and then some really cool, like wide leg pants and a nice shoe. So I used to have these outfits that were really cool from head to toe, 
but on Zoom, you can't see all of that. So um, it was definitely a shift. And I also didn't want to be wearing like scarves or necklaces too much because I felt like in the middle of meetings, if I got nervous, I was starting to like play with my hair, play with my scarf, play with my headband. And I didn't want those like distractions to, to distract people from the important things I was going to say um, during meetings. That's such an interesting point that I hadn't thought of. You all of a sudden are seeing yourself and noticing your your nervous tics, right? <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to be yeah. distracting because you probably notice how distracting you are other people when they're doing those things. Yeah. And that was exactly the case. So I didn't want to be in that kind of situation. So actually through the course of the pandemic, I know people like I would read blogs or like just articles online or whatever. And people were saying how they were actually zhuzhing up their outfits with like punchy earrings or like a nice scarf. And I wasn't, didn't want to do that because I started to notice all the little like nervous things I would do that would start to be distracting. So that was, it was nice. And we picked out, I think maybe five, six blouses and um, sweaters that were like really pretty and patterned and bold and, and just different and kind of stood out in those Zoom meetings. I love that. That was so fun for me. And also the great thing is, is in the last session we did, we used those in a lot of different ways. And I think it helped for you usher in this next place of creativity and exploring mixing patterns and like bringing the fun back into yeah. your wardrobe. And yeah, I'm so excited. Speaking of fun, then tell me about you're back into the world, you're going to conferences and then it's like, oh shit, these blouses aren't just working. So then you had to rethink of your head to toe image. And what was that like getting back into these, this like social space in your work? Cause your work is very, very social. Yeah. Um, it's a real mix of a lot of client meetings. We do. We also run like lots of different workshops with clients or they invite us to um, market research sessions. So there is a lot of kind of in-person inter like interaction um, during meetings. And then there's also um, a whole part of like, there is an aspect of socializing. So a lot of times you're taking, they come to see you and especially most clients that are based not in New York. So if they're based in, you know, Indiana or Dallas, it's a real treat for them to come to New York and go out with us or go to dinner with us or meet for drinks. So there is a lot of that um, in the advertising industry in general. Um, and so we have to be kind of ready for to like have um, to kind of flex to all these different environments, whether it's, um, you know, an afternoon kind of three hour work session and to go from there to take them to dinner and um, feel that you're showing them a good time, but you're also um, helping to build that like client, like important client relationship. So now I have a question for you in that you are more senior and advertising is generally one of the more casual dress environments just historically. What are you noticing in terms of junior employees coming in and coming into an office for the first time in terms of dress code and their visual messaging? And do they understand it? Do you have to kind of help guide them into understanding? How do you approach that? That's a great question. Um, I think that it's interesting because they are definitely a lot, you know, they wear the trends to the office. And in the advertising space, they're, you know, 
everyone, you know, kind of everything goes a little bit. So it's a mix of, you know, there's like the one person who might always wear like a t-shirt with a band name on it, or, you know, that's kind of their brand. Um, I used to work with a guy who only wore black, um, very much like Mark Zuckerberg or very like, you know, Steve Jobs-esque in the sense that he would only wear black hoodies and black jeans. Um, so you get some of that. But the younger um, the younger generation, I think, I, I don't know if they're as focused. They think about, you know, what to wear when it comes to client meetings. I think they think about more about what they're comfortable in versus um, the style brand that they're trying to communicate. It's It's interesting that way. Is there ever any confusion? And has there ever been an, again, advertising because it... It feels like a lot of the more corporate spaces have tended toward more casual. Have there ever been discussions in your agencies that you've worked in our spaces of like, do we need dress codes or is it like, we're good? And do, do you feel like people are ever confused by this? I think people are confused by this, but there isn't a real dress code. So, and there hasn't been one to my knowledge in the ad agency space. And right now, I mean, the lines are pretty blurred. Um, I think there's definitely many more sneakers in the office than there ever were before. Um, And even like, and it's funny because now if someone does get dressed up and it's, it's a little bit of a raised eyebrow and it's like, Oh, does someone have an interview today? Like what's, um, what's going on? Because no one's been used to that um, kind of punching above their weight, if you will, when it comes to their outfits. So it's interesting in this case, it's that standing out of, Oh, what's going on today? Why are you so, why are you so dressed up? So there's. Yes. Mm, That's, that's really interesting. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, And I mean, to be fair, like a girl on my team, I don't believe I'm saying this because I know someone from my office might actually be listening to the podcast at some point, but she came in one day and then the next, and she was totally dolled up. She had this like really nice dress on. She definitely looked like she had had her hair blown out. She had on makeup um, and just was like really well put together. And then the next day she put in her resignation letter. So I was a little bit like, hmm, this, that was interesting. Um, I mean, maybe that's why she was dressed up the day before. So um, it has definitely shifted in the, in the ad agency space um, in terms of like this people's style brand, if you will. Mm-hmm. Got much more casual. So then let's go back to your style brand. So we, you know, when we started, we were getting, we were definitely investing in your wardrobe and there are pieces that we finally decided to donate that were probably 12 years old. But I want to talk about how your considerations and what you're purchasing has changed, especially in the lens of a sustainability aspect and what has prompted that shift. Okay, great question. Um, So just personally in my life, in the last, I would say, the last three or four years, um, I've been trying to be much more committed to um, sustainability and, you know, recognizing that climate change is, uh, you know, a real issue that we should all care about. And so at, at home, 
Um, for the most part, I don't use paper towels, paper napkins. I've stopped using, you know, Ziploc bags, um, you know, really minimized my use of like saran wrap and things like that. Like when I store um, stuff in the refrigerator, really trying to be a much more um, conscious consumer, um, really looking at even when I um, buy uh, milk or, you know, snack food that it's not, you know, as like packaged. Like, for example, I really used to love, you know, those seaweed snacks. It's a huge fan of seaweed snacks. And I stopped eating them because it's like such a tiny little snack that comes in so much packaging. And I just felt like I could do better. Um, you know, a lot of times when I travel, I really make sure that I bring kind of a reusable water bottle, even like a reusable coffee mug. And then I've even more recently started to bring kind of my own, um, like I try not to use uh, plastic forks and, you know, plastic products too. So I try to bring my own. So really have been on a personal level, just really committed to kind of um, reducing and reusing. Um, you know, when they talk about the three R's, I think reducing and reusing are the two that you should be doing the most before recycling. So um, just really have tried to really focus on that personal commitment. And so with that, I think, um, you know, clothing and the clothing industry um, has just given me quite a bit of pause, to be honest, um, in terms of everything that I've really learned um, in terms of manufacturing, um, treating people who make the clothes, what's happening kind of throughout the product life cycle, um, different brands that are not as, that say they're committed to sustainability, but then when you really read behind the lines, <clears throat> behind the scenes, you know that they're not. So I really try to um, think, be really a much more thoughtful consumer. Now, tell me, I'm going to call you out here a little bit. When I first met Mahima, uh, I'd go back for sessions and there would be a sweater that was a normal human size that was shrunk to like a teeny tiny child size. So <laughs> I do know that part of your sustainability journey has also been caring for your garments better. And it has honestly been like a 180 because that used to be the joke. I'm like, what did you shrink this time? Or what was like messed up in the laundry? Tell me about that. Let's talk about that journey. Because it really sounds like a little thing, but I'm really proud of you for it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad you noticed. Um, yeah, I've really tried to get better about, um, you know, thinking about reading the care labels, um, you know, hand washing or um, this might sound gross to some, but not washing my clothes as much as possible. Um, I feel like sometimes we do overwash. Um, so I've been really trying to what um, some people call air and wear um, some of my clothing, especially um, knits that are more like wool and cashmere and more like um, natural fiber, silk. Um, you know, all of those products or just kind of like spot cleaning them. Um, so I've gotten really much better about um, taking care of taking care of what I have also. So true. Taking care of what you have because that keeps it nice longer and by not obviously using more water to wash and sending it to like chemically dry cleaners and all of those things you are you're preserving 
the life of the clothes and you're reducing your environmental impact, which is wonderful. I mean, I've always said from a long time ago and that you shouldn't wash your jeans. I mean, I've been preaching that for how long? Um, Because everyone complains. The entire 14 years. Exactly. And everyone wants to know why their indigo is faded. Well, when you're washing your denim, that's why. So I'm really, really proud of you for that. Well, now let's talk about your upcoming wedding and how your style is impacts how you want to show up for your wedding. Sure. Um, what can I tell you about it? I think I'm just really excited about bold colors and, um, you know, the, the entire process of it, I guess. So let's back up and say Mahima will be having a sure. uh, traditional Indian ceremony. So explain the different parts yeah. of what that looks like for people who may not know. Okay, sure. So um, the entire ceremony, it's its a, about two over two hours um, for the entire ceremony. So there's a lot of kind of tradition involved in it. There's, um, you know, there's this thing called like the groom's pr- procession. I think if anyone's been to an Indi- Indian wedding, they also call it the Bharat. And they, it's the time when a lot of times the groom could come in on a horse. And sometimes in India, it used to be an elephant sometimes, but um, more often than not, you know, it's all about kind of this groom's procession and welcoming, welcoming the groom into the bride's family. So um, it, that's how the wedding really starts is that the groom is welcomed and the bride's family kind of receives the groom and everyone's just celebrating and dancing in the streets. And, um, and then it goes into um, two games that you play. Um, one of them is one where you swap the, um, you, you're wearing these like long wedding um floral garden garlands think like a a hawaiian lei but with like many more flowers and there's this game that you play where you're swapping the um the garlands between the bride and the groom and the whole point of it is to try to say like it's kind of like a funny thing where it's like you're it's like you're thinking like you're trapping the groom, but not really because he wants to like he wants to be married, right? So it's really this like back and forth kind of processional that happens. Um, and then the bride's aunts, they sit, sit you down. A lot of times in India, it's usually on a little swing and they do all of these little rituals to help kind of, um, you know, celebrate this union and um, you know, reduce like all the obstacles kind of in your married life. So that's kind of the next phase of it. And then the priest comes and he does a lot of um, little rituals with um, with a small fire or flame. Um, and the whole point of it is to really just kind of like bless the union and ward away any like evil spirits or negativity really. Um, and then your friends or family are there just to kind of cheer that on and celebrate. Um, and then it ends with, um, there's this one part where it's it, the, towards the end, you're walking around the fire. So the bride and the groom, they walk around um, the fire seven times. And the whole point of it is there's, those are the seven different steps towards a married life. So if you think about kind of in the American or kind of the Western um, wedding, 
where we say like, you know, in richer or poorer, you're going to like kind of stick it out through thick and thin, right? And it's like when you walk seven times around this um, fire, it's saying like there are seven, you know, different obstacles or, you know, negativity that you're going to encounter in your life. And it's about kind of sticking through it through thick and thin because, you know, what goes up must come down, right? And like all relationships are work and, and it's about, you know, that relationship, like just growth together as a couple. And then it all ends with lunch. So it's really like a few hours of all of this like ritual. And um, it's really the unification of two families. I love that. And what what space, I mean, most people at least can envision that it's more bright colors and the bride doesn't wear white. Can you tell us about the significance of the the wardrobes and the coloring and that messaging? Sure. So um, in different parts of India, red is actually considered auspicious. Um, I think it's also the same in other Asian cultures. I think in Chinese culture as well as like red is very auspicious. So a lot of times brides wear red. Um, My family is not specific about red per se, but you can wear any kind of bright and cheerful color to kind of signify, you know, prosperity and, um, you know, joy, basically, in a relationship. So um, it's all about everyone coming together and wearing bright colors. And so for my ceremony, I'm definitely going to be wearing, you know, a brightly colored sari, um, because, you know, saris are very kind of traditional in um, Indian culture, as most people know. And it's also, you know, I feel like the one thing about the sari is that everybody looks good in it. It's so true. Yeah, everyone, whether you're tall, you're small, like little, big, like no matter what your size, um, everyone looks good in it. So, um, you know, it's just really, I'm just going to be really excited, exciting to wear one. I'm excited. I love that it's a joyful thing and like no knock on any, you know, blushing bride situation. But for me, it's like fun for me to think about going into this celebration and walking into a lot of bright cheerfulness of like you've gotten to this point and let's have joy. And I'm so excited to celebrate the joy that you found in finding your person. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have you there. And the best part about it is, especially in the ceremony, like, yes, it's about two hours, which seems like a really long time, but there's just so much going on. So it's not like you have to be just sitting and watching the whole time. It's like the entire crowd is just, you know, all part of, you know, they're part of it. It's not like you're standing there and watching two people on the stage. So it's really very interactive and fun. Which sounds symbolic of what really a relationship is, is that you've had people as part of it that have helped you get to that place. It's it it's taken the two of you, but also it, it takes a village, as they say, to help you get to that place. So it's a celebration of the moment and the union and everything that's gone into it. Yeah, I'm super excited. And then we'll have a reception in the evening, but that's much more, you know, just a traditional fun reception that you know, is tradition to, I think, all of our cultures of celebrating and having really great food and drink and and all of that sort of stuff and entertainment. So much joy and so much to celebrate. I'm so happy for you. 
Oh, thank you. And it's been so great to have you part of kind of my style journey. It's been really exciting for me. And it's been my honor because we look at things. It's what I love is that you're such a good example of how your style hasn't completely changed, that you have been engaged in the process. And you're, I've seen as you've evolved as a human, your style has evolved with it, but it hasn't been a 180 because you've been so thoughtful at every step of the journey. And so to you know, kind of wrap up in terms of style questions before we get to our speed style round, where do you see, where do you feel like your style is now? How do you feel about it as you look forward? How do you see it evolving? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it's, I just love where it is now. It's so cheerful. It's reflective of kind of where I am today. Um, I love how every outfit has like, or every piece can be worn so many different ways. And I think that's reflective of kind of how I am too, because, you know, I'm involved in so many different types of activities in my life. Like, as you know, we, you and I do this a lot. We go to Broadway shows a lot. I love to be out in the city. Um, And I think that my style brand kind of reflects that and the outfits I have kind of reflect that too. And I'm just you know, even more excited about um, picking, being much more thoughtful about the clothes that enter my closet and wearing them, you know, so many different ways and for different occasions. Um, Because I think that that's what having style is about. It's not about kind of only wearing this to work, but to kind of incorporating it into your um, into your daily life, into who you are. That's what was so fun about our style session is that part of it was those tops that we'd gotten in Zoom calls, we'd never styled with them head to toe. And so we had this like fun session where you'd put on one top, then we'd swap out three different bottoms with a different layer. And it just, it, it, as your style strategist, it told me that we have built such a great wardrobe for you because we didn't really have gaps. There was no place that we were like, oh shoot, can't make an outfit out of this. It was more just, I think we maybe have like three to five things on your shopping list and there because you've worn something to death that it's no longer working or you've worn something so much where it's like, okay, if we add two more of this, like a graphic tee, then you'll have 20 more outfits. Yeah. And that was the best part. And the brands I think we've been working with over the last couple of years have been, you know, brands that I would be proud to um, support. And I appreciate that you've been an engaged participant in the process. And that's such a huge part of it is that together we've looked at the goals and as you've evolved, you've evolved with my business goals and my um, education as well. So we, and you do give me the space to be thoughtful to and open to introduce you to new brands and to tell you their stories and their initiatives that then subsequently align. And it's just been so fun to evolve together. It has been, Natalie. It's such a cherished relationship for me. Me too. You're going to you're gonna make me cry at the end of this, Mahima. Um, I knew it was going to happen at some point. Um, it, it, the feelings really are mutual. And before I get too teary-eyed, let's get into the fun part. And that's okay. our speed style question. So I'm going to give you a question and you just answer what comes to your mind first. Okay. All right. What is your most embarrassing fashion moment? 
Oh, my most embarrassing fashion moment. Um, oh. I think it was the one time I um, wore some pants and they actually split open. Um, I think it was the oh, oh, their air pants. They started to split open the um, those like wide leg ones um, when I was like at a meeting. So that was a little bit tough. Oh no! Did you? And then tie we, that's why we got a second pair. Did you tie a shirt around your waist? Around my waist, totally. I bet that was really hard to focus when you realized that's happening. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah, and it, but that goes to show that I wore them so much that it wasn't because of like they just didn't fit anymore. It was just because the fabric started to wear out from wearing them so much. Cost per wear, baby. Um, all right. What's your favorite item of clothing that we've purchased together? Now that is a tough question. Um, I'd have to go with the Iro jacket. You know, we got a little, um, that jacket like five or six years ago at this point. Um, I think that would be my most favorite. I think some of my outerwear in general, the trench coat that we picked up, um, is also another, um, like wear it over and over. And then if I had to pick one more, which I will, um, would be the yellow, um, sequin dress that, that was from our very first shop. That's great. And it looks so good still. And it's still like pristine and it still really fits you, like your style, personality, everything. Love it. That one's such a fun one. I love when it comes out, it's like walk down memory lane, but it's still good. Totally. Um, what is your favorite fashion season to dress for? My favorite fashion season is probably the fall. I think a lot of people say that, but um, I love, I, you know, I, you introduced me to all the jewel tones. And um, so I wear a lot of jewel tones. And I think when the fall rolls around, um, the jewel tones look great. Yeah, I agree. Um, what is your favorite thing about Indian fashion? My favorite thing about Indian fashion is just the bold, bright colors and also the use of a lot of metallics. It's a lot of like gold and silver, um, which I just love so much. And it helps really reflect the vibrancy of the fabric, I feel like, and of the person. It like illuminates you. All right, what's your favorite thing about New York fashion? My favorite thing about New York fashion is that anything goes any time of the year, like especially when you ride the subway, like some, you could be sitting next to someone with a tiger costume. You could be sitting next to someone with a prom dress, like anything goes and everything has its place. Every type of fashion has its place. And you are such a world traveler. So of all the places you visited, which place gave you the most inspiration from a fashion and style perspective? It's always a toss up. It's always between Italy and London. I love street style in London, but there's something so special about Italy, like especially Milan. Um, I love seeing all the like, even though there's like always an old, like an elderly person who's always wearing like this like gorgeous like sport coat. And, and he's also riding a Vespa and carrying his groceries and always just looks so chic and so put together and comfortable. And I think that that's always just so cool. And Italians really know how to play with color too. So that speaks a lot to your love of color. All right. Last question. What is your ultimate wear who you are outfit? I would say it is, um, a, like, I want to say those toppers. What do you call those dusters? The, uh, yes, I have a very cool duster kimono kind of top with 
jeans and a t-shirt and like loafers or flats. That's such a Mahima outfit. And now we went from such pencil skirts outfit. to denim and dusters. <laughs> I know. I know. Such a shift. We got rid of the last of the pencil skirts this week. We did. It was really a, it was like a ritual. It felt, it felt like a cleanse. There's hardly anything's left from the beginning now. Not, not because a lot of them weren't your style too. I feel like some of them I had to come in and say, Mahima, it's now, it's looking too worn. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. I know you're really busy and it's my honor to actually get a perspective from you that's not just being in your closet. I love it. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. This was a blast. Can't wait for all the next stuff. Can't wait for the wedding. Can't wait for everything. And to the listeners, as you get dressed every day this week, remember that who you are is constantly evolving and how you showcase it through your style will evolve too. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next week. Thanks for joining another Where Who You Are Wednesday. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Be sure to follow along for episode news, updates, and other bonus style insights on Instagram through my business account at BU Style. That's the letters B, U, and Style. Or my personal account at Natalie underscore Tincher. And don't forget to subscribe to Where Who You Are wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again. See you next time.